What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Real Deal Podcast. I'm Kevin, and I'm Mike, and we just Kevin is a little sleepy. We just want to welcome you to episode number eight, I believe it is. Uh, And tonight we're going to be talking about tactics and locations, and how do you explore new waters, things of that nature. And Mike is going to be taking the lead and asking some questions and coming up with some thoughtful conversation we hope we hope but anyway if you're new to the podcast welcome uh thank you for listening to our boom squad members listening live i appreciate you so much thank you for what you do to support palmetto cats youtube channel uh we hope you enjoyed tonight's show also if you're wanting to support the palmetto cats youtube channel or the real deal fishing podcast check out www shoppalmettocats.com that's s-h-o-p palmettocats.com and you can pick up some merch uh, check out calendar events look at the community calendar see what's going on even register for some cool things going on so here we go mike you ready i'm ready now my my only comment about the website is you will look good with that logo on your chest mm-hmm. on your back or on your on leg, your head, whichever it is, <laughs> whichever it is, it's an amazing logo. I particularly love the black and white. You know what we need to do, Mike? We need to put What's your that? logo and some stuff on there. You know, I've been thinking about that, and I even looked at it, and and then I'm just like, you know, here we go again. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I uh, feel like feel like other people that I deal with all day long. It's like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. You need to help me and. And at some point, you know, I just feel bad asking for like that much help all the time. But yeah, we'll, 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 we'll figure it. that out. Yeah, we'll figure, we'll figure it, out. it out. There's no rush. There's no rush. So so Mike is in the lead tonight. So I'm going to put him in the driver's seat. Mike, oh. all right. how does it feel to be on that side? You know, it, I, I definitely have a much better beard over here. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my my watch looks like it's on the wrong the wrong wrist. I'm feeling good. No, I'm just I'm just talking about the uh, the backdrop here, or whatever mm. that's called. Uh, again, tech, technical terms, not so good at that. And but, I see you got a new haircut, and so do yes. other people, man. Yes, uh, it's it's not looking really good right now. I had to give Leia a bath earlier, and uh, definitely, whenever you bathe a toddler, you wear half that water. So uh, they like to splash. That's what makes it fun. But, mm-hmm. you know, we got to sit there. She talked a little bit about the water and how she wants to go fishing again soon. So that was really, really awesome. Very excited about that. And and the whole time I'm, I'm, I'm kind of not there, I'm here thinking about our topics. Now, Kevin said he's put me in the driver's seat. Well, that's, mm-hmm. that's just because I, I had an idea that just stuck in my head from our last conversation i believe it was our last conversation and kevin had said that his 2022 focus Mm. is going to be more he he is going to focus more of his time on the cooper river now this is a very interesting uh river and there's aspects to it that i don't understand so that's when i thought hey yes Kevin has to have had experience fishing it, having lived there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it because everybody really doesn't realize how little I truly know. And 
this is here's what i'll say wait till they hear me i I won't say that i know a lot uh, uh but 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 i will say that that i know a little and what little i do know i feel i know a lot about it True. so there's a lot here for me to learn and and whether or not other people look at it that way this is a great opportunity to learn so here we have kevin seasoned angler having lived in that area most of your life right kevin i mean did you go away yeah. from college and just a no just a couple of years to teach about three years, years to teach and, yeah yeah and i've been here ever since and now kevin is the big 4-0 so that means he almost has 40 years of experience in these waters so let's talk about that (laughs) we we already we already set our location the cooper river right now uh one of my friends told me you gotta know your river and i flat out told him i don't know my river which is why i'm paying (laughs) to have somebody teach me so uh you have have lived here your whole life pretty much tell us about your experience on the cooper river all right so before youtube um most of what i've done on the cooper river has consisted of two things um from a very young age to even now my dad and i would go uh, pan fishing, I guess you would call it. Now we would catch species like brim, red breast, shell cracker, uh, what we call stum knocker. Other people call them green sunfish, um, even bass sometimes. Um, what, what was that nickname? Stump knocker. Stump knocker. Oh, that's awesome. Stump knocker is like the best flathead bait. I think. They're just a really robust fish. It's not really a green sunfish. It's a spotted sunfish. That's what it is. A spotted sunfish. Yeah. Um, A spotted sunfish is a stump knocker. And they only get uh, about hand size as big as Mm -hmm. they get. Okay. And that's it. But they're robust and tough little suckers, man. Uh, They're really tough. So we Uh, we should see you then? Fishing for some of these in the next year as, as your bait? You'll, you'll yeah, I mean, well, bait. that's kind of like a bycatch. Anytime you're fishing for panfish with worms and uh, uh, stump knocker would be a good YouTube name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but anytime you're fishing for shellcracker or broom, you're fishing around some structure, uh, a lot of stumps. And that's where they kind of get their nickname from is they hang out around these stumps or pylons and you know they knock the stumps you know you got to knock the stumps to get them out i guess but uh they're they're feisty little creatures man and um you know like i said their their technical term is a spotted sunfish they're brown little sunfish with black spots on them black dots not even spots just dots and it's almost in a pattern almost like it's drawn on but anyway, so we've done that um, up and down the Cooper River, uh, mainly in the rice field section back in where the old plantations were, where they used to grow rice and other crops. And then uh, we also, you know, we'd fish for catfish every once in a while. Most of the, the catfishing we did was on trot lines, though. 
Um, those of you who don't know what a trot line is, it's basically a long string with hooks on it. And you would take your bait and put on the hook, and they're about four to five feet of feet apart, three to five feet apart. And you would drop them in the river overnight, and then you come back the next day and you'd pick up the line and see what you got. And we catch some monsters on those things. But those are food fish. You know, that's not for sport or anything like that. And really, you can't even do that much anymore. The other thing I did when uh, I started getting older and I got my own boat, especially in college, is I would go down the saltwater side of the Cooper River, closer to where the ocean is, and we would fish for stingray or sharks or bluefish or whatever would get to just bottom fishing, basically, whatever we could get to bite. And uh, it didn't matter what it was. If it pulled, we liked it. So that's kind of been my experience up until YouTube. My biggest catfish, my biggest flathead ever, and probably my biggest catfish ever came on the Cooper River before YouTube. I believe, um, you know, and I can't prove it, but I believe I caught a 50 to a 60-pound flathead in the Cooper River um, didn't even know it was called a flathead at that time. It was just a big yellow submarine. And I remember I was on a 14-foot John boat with a trolling motor on the front and a 9.9 Evinrude on the back. And we were just kicking around in, in what's called Bushy Park. It's a saltwater side of the Cooper River right before you get to the United States Navy base and where they house nuclear submarines. So we're sitting there fishing and just, Boom, you know, it hits and it's pulling me around all over the little inlet there. And, you know, back then I didn't know anything about it, so I kept it and we ate it. <laughs> it was a, it was probably around a 50 or 60 pound flathead. And I wish I could do that again, which kind of inspired me to come up with this goal for next year. Okay. You caught sharks? Mm-hmm. What, what so kind you catch of sharks? Uh, well, most of the time, most of the sharks that we caught were sand sharks or dogfish uh, is what you would call them. Um, I don't like the term dogfish because it doesn't sound like a, a shark and doesn't sound yeah. as cool. <laughs> so we call them sand sharks. But if you look up a sand shark, um, sand shark doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a sand shark. They're dogfish. But that's what we always called them. Um, you know, we we have tiger sharks. We have all kinds of different bull uh, bull sharks are the most most common sharks. But just little little sand sharks, pretty much. Wow, mm -hmm. I'm I'm starting not to like your new goal, man. There's a lot of teeth involved <laughs> in this deal. Well, uh, unlike well, I, guess, unlike, I guess only in that area, right? Closer yeah, to the. I mean, unlike the the. Uh, porpoises that come up and the manatee and the redfish and stuff like that the sharks i really don't catch them too far up in the brackish water i haven't caught a shark in a long time actually sir excuse me i haven't caught one in a long time i've never i've never seen a shark while fishing but i only fished in the ocean <laughs> one time i don't even like to put my feet in it Mainly because Jaws was one of my favorite movies growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not living that out. You must have okay. some stinky feet. Yeah, yeah. You know. 
that's that's probably another show topic <laughs> yeah let's move on move on <laughs> you have childhood fishing issues <laughs> so and one of the reasons i want to you know look look at that river is because so if you if if you split the and really the the unexplored part is way bigger than the explored part of the river um, where I catfish mostly on live streams is the part that I grew up in. The other half, where it starts to become brackish, there's all different kinds of species of fish in there, uh, including catfish. And catfish are, uh, you know, they're really adaptable, like more adaptable than I think people give them credit for because I, I've caught catfish, like freshwater-type catfish flatheads or blue cats down where I would consider the water mostly salt water. So they do travel in and out of these areas, this brackish water to salt water area, and then vice versa. There's other fish. So um, in one of my last videos, we caught a red drum, which is a salt water fish, but we caught him way up in the river uh, in the brackish water side. So, you know, just to go, go down in that that end of the river and you know you just don't know what you're going to catch but i'm still kind of freshwater fishing and which doesn't kind of come with the cost of saltwater fishing saltwater fishing is so expensive so you hadn't been there in a while now you you have all of your experience and all that you've learned and and and, and knowledge you've accumulated throughout your YouTube journey, mm -hmm. going back to that same area that we're just talking about right now, that brackish area, do you think that you will first start off using tactics and, and rigging like you used in the past? Or do you think that you're going to work in some of your, your new knowledge as well? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I, all I ever used back in the day was Carolina rig. That's it. You know, egg sinker on some heavy line to a leader to heavier line to a hook. I mean, that's it. Hook, line, and sinker with a swivel. And I honestly think that's still the best way to do it. So, uh, you know, with the addition of the Santee rig, it may help me with some species. Um, but, you know, I don't see changing many things up. You know, I think, mm -hmm. I think the Carolina rig will probably, probably be what I focus on the most. Okay. Now you, you were discussing how you had fished the river over several years of your life. How, how young do you remember being out on the river? Uh, put it this way. My dad had a 14 foot, Eldo sport and it's basically a fiberglass a fiberglass shoe looking of a boat i mean it's just it's like a big uh i don't even know what you call it not an oval like even even narrower than an oval you know it had round a round bow it was front stick steer um the the uh boat was maybe maybe three feet wide, you know, enough for you to stand up and kind of scoot around the seat to get back to the back. It had a live well in the middle, a front seat and a back seat. 
And I remember being able to, with my life jacket on, getting hot and not wanting to fish anymore. Being able to slide in between the live well and the side of the boat, which is probably, I don't know, a <laughs> foot and a half gap. And you've seen me in videos. Uh, there's no way that I could fit in a foot and a half of any kind of gap anymore. So uh, I imagine I was, you know, three to five years old was my earliest wow. memory fishing on the river. That's pretty awesome. And I was, you know, that was shell cracker fishing. And, you know, dad would get upset because I want to go and he'd just throw a pack of crackers in a, in a RC cola at me. <laughs> I miss RC Cola too. <laughs> it's it's amazing to me when you think back because that's the part of the journey. Like like right now, my kids are that age, and and I hope that they remember some of this. And and I know that I'm never going to forget it. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember a little bit when I was that young too, and to to look back on it, you know. It, it's it's it seems like it's so far away but yet the the imagery and the feeling is is right there mm-hmm. so i think i think when you go back to the the location and you start fishing like that maybe some of that that's going to hit you too mm-hmm. that'll be pretty well, now awesome. that now the places that i remember going are where i fish now oh okay yeah so we we really didn't go down river too much Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, we were pan fishing and, you know, the farther you go down, the, the less pan fish are down there. So we really never, we never really mess with downriver a little that much, you know? So that, that's kind of why I want to focus on it. I want to learn what's on the bottom and, uh, you know, find out what's down there and find out, you know, what I can catch you know, yeah. and where. Now we had discussed in previous episodes and, and, and off air as well, how you wanted to upgrade your fish finder, mm. depth finder, your system. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think that you'll try to do that before you start working the river? Because I would have to think that would be a great advantage to, to learning your undiscovered area, yeah. you know, well, I mean, that's, I'd love to, you know, uh, I don't see it happening because I'm okay. trying to, you know, and I don't even know how much those things cost. Yeah. I'm, I don't have thousands. There's, there's a comma in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, to get a really good one, you know, but I just dropped, I'm actually boatless right now. I dropped my boat off yesterday to uh tune time in, in Sumter, South Carolina, and they're putting a, um, they're making me seat covers uh, and a motor cover, and they're also putting a full enclosure on there. So uh, I can do some camping on the boat, and I can stay warm on the boat, and uh, weather won't be as big of a deal. Um, and of course, wind's always a thing, but uh, yeah, you know, a little, even a little bit of wind when it's cold sucks. So you know, I'll be able to fish a lot. I remember when you did your twenty-four hour live that you put the tarp up to break the wind Mm -hmm. and it looked like that was a great a great thing um you said seat covers 
Yeah, well, just to protect the seats, you know, uh, the boat comes with like a um, a boat cover, uh-huh. and, uh, and and to put it on every weekend, and you know, it takes a good half hour to put that boat. Well, maybe not a half yeah. hour, but it feels like it. And so, just to be able to have the seat covers there and just throw them on, and you know, they're fine, and that that'll be a game changer. Yep. Now this enclosure. Is this something that is like a, like a permanent thing, or is it something that like uh, is is like uh, something you can open or? So what, think of what, it what, as what a, it? it's a bimini top um, with plastic. Uh, so is it's got a plastic zip like, on additions, and uh-huh. it kind of drapes down like a shower curtain. But okay. then it's gonna it's gonna button to the side of the boat. Okay. So it'll have a door too, a zipper door to go in and out. So basically right. it'll be a tent on the boat. And the only unfortunate thing is that I'm gonna have to unzip the panels and zip them back on every trip. Um just because uh, I don't have a boat slip. <laughs> yeah. I can't leave my boat in the water. Yeah. And then you probably won't use that during the warmer months at all. No. no. And so the, the other good thing is that, um, you know, I'm keeping the old Bimini top so I can just zip the whole thing off and then put the new one on there and not have to worry about it. So it should oh. be really cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is awesome. I didn't so think basically I it was the, like an attachment to everything. Like it converted it. It's its own. Well, it it does, but um, I won't have the zippers there. I, I'm not exactly sure. I'll, of course, mm-hmm. I'll do a full rundown when I get it. Great, and great. I'll show everybody. Well, I don't know about your area, but we're starting to get a little cold here in Iowa. Yeah, it's getting well, a little chilly. Not too bad. I think this is but, good uh, timing. Yeah. So we discussed the the undiscovered country. Mm-hmm. Now in the pre-show. You said, and, and I think you might have just said it a little while ago here too, that you have more undiscovered portion of the river than what you had been on and what you do know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so um, how much, uh, how much, how much space are we talking about here? I mean, miles, miles, miles okay. of river. Um, because this river, this river is very narrow. Is it's not wide across, but it snakes back and forth for a long time. Um, you know, and then eventually you'll get to the, uh, Naval weapon station or what used to be the Naval weapon station. Now it's a, a, a nuclear school, a Navy nuclear school. And, uh, they still have the gunboats there. So actually there's side note, there's a, there's a stretch of the river that's about a half a mile to three quarters of a mile long, and it goes around the bend. So that's why there's two boats. There's a sign that says you're reaching a militarized zone. Do not change your speed. Do not don't slow down. Basically, is what it says. So when you go through that, when you hit this area, there's a big rubber boat um, with a 50 caliber caliber gun on the front. And a man at the turret. And the boat, like, when you go by, the boat turns and follows you with the gun pointed at you. 
until you get past it. And then when you get around the, the other side of the corner, you see the other boat and he locks on you and watches you until you come out because there's a, you know, a nuclear submarine sitting right there in, in the Harbor. So, uh, that's pretty intense. <laughs> I got a story where my, my buddy broke down in that zone. Oh no. And they flew <laughs> up on him so fast. He thought he was dead. And I was like, dude, when they wouldn't like just shoot you, but he came up to him and, and they towed him out of the militarized zone right to the border of it and then left him and then went back. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, where'd you come from? He said that way. And so they towed him that way and he ended up having to, he started paddling. Luckily somebody found him and towed him back to the ramp. But, but anyway, it, even after you get past that zone, you know, obviously it's super deep there, right? Cause they have sub submarines there. Sure. Um, and that's kind of where I get excited is like, you know, this deep water, you know, 80, 100 feet, 200 oh, feet. Wow. I don't even know. So then that goes out to um, Patriots Point. And that's where we have the Yorktown, these old battleships and that they turn into a museum. They're stationed there. But then that's that's probably the limit of where I want to go, because then you get out into that rough water Um you're really not you're there's no fresh water left like you you are in the ocean or basically basically in the ocean um so that's probably as far as i go but even that i mean that's 10 15 miles down river um so there's a lot of undiscovered holes and back creek i mean I, that's just the main river mike i'm not even talking about these back creeks like these back creeks snake in and out off and on the river. Um, I can't imagine what kind of giants are hiding in those back creeks, you know? So anyway, yeah. So there's, there's tons of, uh, and, and not even, not even just that section, but even the section that I, I fish in now, there's places that I haven't fished before. Um, mainly because I've never seen people fish there or dad and I never fished there. It doesn't mean that, there's not fish there, but, uh, you know, I'd like to go there and try, you know, the major two, you know, I'd like to anchor on the spots and then drift the spots, um, just suspending, suspending baits. So, um, you know, that depth finder is a huge part of it. However, you know, dropping the boat off and getting back to my point, I just, you know, dropped it off and, you know, I'm using my YouTube money for that and try not to dip into house money. So, uh, you know, it just depends on, on how well videos do and things like that. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. It just depends on, uh, you know, what the YouTube check says and, and all that. So I, I don't think that I'll have it before the new year, but that doesn't mean I'm going to wait. I'm going to go ahead and, and, uh, deal with what I got with him, with, yeah. with, between Navionics and, and my depth finder, I should be fine. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But it, I understand. It would be cool to have that side scan on there and be able to map it and see fish hanging out over there. But, uh, you know, one step at a time. I'll be warm. That's a good step. <laughs> That's a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah. For sure. So this is exciting. Um, it, I mean, it's one thing to be your friend, but it's another thing to to remind to remind you of that i i am a fan of the channel 
I am I am a subscriber of the channel, so it sounds like there's there's some awesome content coming in the future. Let's hope. You know, let's hope. <laughs> yeah, and and at the very least, it'll be a gallant effort and yeah. and just something exciting, something different. I know, I know a lot of people are continually looking for that. You know, hey, let's do this or hey, let's try that. And but uh, you know, that's I'm not afraid. That's something I'm I never grew up to do. We didn't do that. I'm not afraid to post a video where I don't where I don't catch monster fish. Yeah. You know, I, I just I think there so there's so many channels out there um that catch monster fish, big fish, um, pretty often, but they're not blowing up. You know what I'm saying? I don't think mm-hmm. and, and it's just my my little you know, opinion, I guess. I don't think that people really care so much about how big the fish, it's how much you entertain them or what kind of information you give them. And uh, although I'm, I don't know as much as I probably should know. Um, I do believe that, you know, when I'm learning it, I'm sharing what I'm learning at the time that I'm learning it. So, I think that people respect that. Some some people respect that, and uh, I don't mind making videos like that. Well, I definitely agree with your assessment. Uh, I would rather learn, and and to me, uh, any fish over ten pounds is is an awesome moment. And uh, I don't, I know ever there, there's some people that are just out there for the the biggest of the biggest fish. And I like watching that too. Yeah, it's, I'd love to sure. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I find myself wondering what is in the water that I'm fishing. Maybe I'm 20 feet away from it. Maybe it just doesn't want what I have, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, it could be in there. I mean, we, we definitely have, have some big flatheads here and there. Mm-hmm. But I also think that that those guys just. You know, they're they're not where I'm fishing, or right. if they are, you know, they're like, Yeah, I'm not gonna bother with what this guy's got. <laughs> but uh the 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 opportunity to learn, like I mm-hmm. said in the intro, that, that means a lot to me because like I was saying right there, you're talking about different waters giving this a try, mm-hmm. and and it may not be that far from where your you some of your videos have been, mm-hmm. where some of your live streams have been, and as a as a fan, I, I'm along for the ride. I, I it doesn't mean I, I don't need a new location. I'm along for the ride, no matter what. That's that's the kind of fan yeah. that I am. But uh, and I, I think what it, what it takes it's, is it's interesting because then I can learn from what you're doing. Yeah. I think I think sometimes that big fish gets people in. You know, they they come in and they're like, "Ooh, wow, that's a nice fish." And then they get in and I believe then it's your job to keep them there. You know, or something something quirky whether it's a podcast like this or or whether it's a uh, monster hunt tournament that we're doing this weekend. You know, you got to get them with the hook. Um and then once you get them in, like dropping your baits down a 70 foot hole <laughs> yeah. and you get them in and, and then they got to like you to stay. But 
But I, yeah, I'm looking forward to 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 learning stuff that I've learned from other guys and girls on on YouTube about fishing new waters. You know, looking for structure on the ground, um, looking on navy, using the tools that are available. And although you know a nice big graph with side scan on it and touch screen would be mighty fine, um, you know. I'm more blessed than some with what I already have. So I'm going to use the tools that I already have at my disposal, which are, you know, a subscription to Navionics, which will teach me those, uh, you know, where the contours of the bottom are, where the deep holes are, where the shallow areas are, what creeks are even worth going up in. Um, finding bait, you know, on my graph is, is going to be huge. Um, there's not a lot of bait in our waters as far as uh you know bait fish are concerned hmm. we have the bluegill and and the threadfin shad from time to time but you know we don't have the big skipjack or the big gizzard shad that some some rivers have so um you know finding bait is going to be important and maybe down in the salt water you know some of those bait fish that normally are saltwater bait fish you know i'll be able to have access to who knows who knows what I'll find? Well, that excites me because I'll probably be seeing fish that I don't normally see. Mm -hmm. And that's another cool part, too. Yeah. Yeah. I I got to tell you, I have learned that from Lauren. I know I've said it before, <laughs> but She's so the, this is not how I, how I was taught to fish when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So it's so exciting. And... YouTube has brought out a lot more of that with all the, the diverse anglers that are out there in all the different areas, fishing for different fish in different ways, and then fishing for the same fish in different ways. So I've, I'm just overwhelmed. It's a lot of data, and, and I'm trying to slowly take pieces of it and, and put it to work myself. Uh, I was talking with my sister Trish tonight. She's going to fish on the second, second or third biggest piece of water that we have in Iowa this weekend. And um, so she asked for some advice, not from me. She went to a much better source <laughs> and uh, she got some advice and then she called me. Uh, just to go over a few of the details to make sure she was understanding it correctly. And thankfully, I did know the terminology and I did understand what what the advice was was pointing to. And, and I had mentioned to her, I said, hey, I got some of those big bobbers and, and, I, and, I, and I rigged up two, two nine and a half foot long rods with those big bobbers and I threw big old chunks of sunfish and I went to fish with my brother at at the pond that he had recently found and I was fishing the other side of the pond with those bobbers because I guess these things sure can sail through the air and I never knew it really? until I threw it I threw it I was like I bet I can hit the other bank hmm. so I I gave it all that I could. And sure enough, I was three feet off that other bank and I'm like, Whoa, this is something new. 
and it's super i mean it's a bobber who doesn't love watching that bobber right hammered and go under the water Um, right well this is a big gigantic catfish bobber Mm -hmm. on a big old huge heavy action catfish rod but it's on the other side of the pond now so i'm looking like over there and the sun glares in the way and i'm all excited but then i realized i'm like hey i'm doing something different and lauren even said it too she's like you never fish this way dad and i'm like you're right and 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 then she accused me of stealing spencer's bobbers and his fishing poles (laughs) and that i needed to return them and so you know i show her the the receipt so that way i'm cleared of these accusations but um they're 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 in too she is fishing for panfish or game fish whatever hits Mm -hmm that bobber with a minnow on it mm-hmm. and she hadn't fished that way until this year and my brother is just like well if that's the way they catch them here let's give it a try you know and mm-hmm. it's it's so exciting and and there's something <clears throat> i don't really see people live fish that way i think you did one you did did you do a video or did you do a live stream you and anna fishing for shellcracker Oh yeah, we did a. I caught it flipping. Yeah, and so we yeah we were fishing for shellcracker. Actually, we were fishing for brim that day, but uh, it's it's tough to brim fish <laughs> and go live <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yeah, but I want more of it. You know, I'm I'm demanding. I'm selfish uh, viewer, <laughs> just like anybody else. But uh, now that I got a little taste of fishing different ways i'm like oh my gosh now i know what they're talking about and Mm -hmm. and and even though i seem like i'm calm and collected i'm telling you i just i'd I'd rather be out there right now in the the dark trying to catch a fish some way but well you know like hindsight is always 2020 you always look at the situations you're in um and you think about how could i've done something different or how could i've made something better and part of me even though i really enjoy this um, part of me wonders if i shouldn't have focused on the panfish side and making a, a youtube channel out of that um would it have worked out i don't know who knows that may be as well as this one's working out. Is there a panfish community out there? Yeah, there is. We see that SK's crappie adventures. You know, he's got thousands of people that follow him. But, uh, you know, I'm always up for a challenge, and I'm hard-headed. So I went for the catfish because they pull hard. And, and uh, you know, it's more exciting when you get a big one on. But, uh, you know, I just told Anna, I said, you know, some things I would I would change differently and 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 maybe naming the channel Palmetto Cats would be one of the those things, you know, to so I can have more of a broad spectrum. That way the the guys and girls that come to subscribe to watch catfishing aren't disappointed when I'm not catfishing. Um and you will have a fair amount of that, you know, even though most people like you, you know, who just like watching what I do, um won't be affected by it but then those people who yeah that's bait you know what are we what are we worrying about bait for uh you know would have an issue with it but but uh you know i think you could also 
when we're talking about these new waters and, and, and fishing tactics, you know, discover new big fish to catch, then maybe those people who are looking for those big catfish would be more interested in that. And, and, uh, and like seeing those types of fish being caught, like those reds, that red drum man pulls like a, like a dump truck. I mean, it's such a small fish, but it's so powerful. And I guess being a saltwater fish, they have to do that. So, um, I know I'm rambling, but that's kind of my mindset oh, I'm, behind it. Oh, I'm loving it. And and this red drum, you may encounter that then in your your journeys oh, yeah. of 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right. I mean, you're fishing for catfish, and red drum hit a little piece of bullet. You know, I mean. People actively come to people come to Charleston just to fish for those redfish. They come down, you know, talk to Elston. He probably knows about redfish from um, Texas. You know, it's another the Gulf of Mexico is a huge uh, place to catch reds. Um, but yeah, people come down here and go on charters just to catch these, you know, big twenty-five to forty-inch red drum that you know, squeal line on, you know, and spinning reels are the reels of choice for those types of fish. Um, just because of the line capacity and the, the, um, the durability and, and all that goes along with that. So, I mean, you've seen them, you know, those, the saltwater guys, unless they're going for like big tunas or big sharks, they use spinning reels. Um, so. Yeah. I've, I've still only found about three, Round round reels and low profile bait casters that don't hate me, but hey, three is <laughs> three is a good start. Three's enough. Hey, it's something. Mm-hmm. It's a start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lauren even told me that the other day too. She's like, "Why do you have that reel? You don't cast it very good." And I'm like, "I know, honey. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah." Uh, somebody had mentioned reels there in the. Mm-hmm. the chat in the Travis. beginning of the, the podcast and i'm like oh don't get me started the last time i was insulted and, and she was right there's there's this is true <laughs> um you had, getting back to the river and more stuff that i don't know uh i i we touched upon the fact that it goes out into the ocean mm-hmm. it's tidal i'm not gonna make you go through all the the information you were telling me in the in the pregame warm-up but well, i have it here i mean might as well well i'm i'm just wondering how how you think you can use that to your advantage because i do hear some people saying oh it's it's high tide right now and then we're going to struggle and then it's going to be low tide and then maybe the bite will come now those usually are are bank anglers um but you'll be in a boat. So I didn't know if, if you already have a little bit of your, your tactics, you know, in, in your mind thinking I can do this, I can do that. I think most of what affects uh, me in a boat for tidal waters, is just which way the water's moving. So I, Mm -hmm. I take into consideration which way the water's moving will tell me, um, what areas will not be available or might become available because there's either less or more water there. Um, will fish move up into these other areas if there's water there because there's more structure there. Maybe that's their breeding grounds, whatever. 
also the tide, the 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 moving water is going to tell me um might have well maybe not tell me, but I should be able to figure out what's it bringing in. Is it bringing bait in? Um the the bait tend have a tendency to go out. Do the fish usually feed on an incoming tide or an outgoing tide? Um those are some things that I consider when looking at tides. Wow. Because I didn't, tide I didn't is, even think of that. Tide is associated with current, right? So if you have an incoming or outgoing tide, you have current, which controls the flow. So those are some things to consider. And, uh, you know, those moon phases control the tide. You know, the gravitational pull on the Earth from the moon, you know, you'll have two high tides one day and two low tides in a day. So you have, you know, basically around six hours um, each tide to play around with with what you're going to do with a little slack tide in between. And I'm not sure what the timing is on a slack tide, maybe 25, 30 minutes. But even mm. sometimes the slack tide is is good for fishing. I know in the wintertime, I really tore up the catfish on the slack tide. Don't know why, but that's those are the type of things that I'm wanting to learn. Um, you know, also, <laughs> unfortunately, the tide, you know, brings that current and it could bring things like grass or algae or debris things like that. So, you know, just really focusing on the river and from January all the way to December next year. Uh, not to say that I won't fish the lake, but yeah. focusing on that river and really writing down whether it's going to be um, pen or paper or Google Sheets or whatever. I'm not sure what I'm going to do. But just taking those notes about water temperature, what was the tide and and most of the stuff you can look up in almanacs right you can look up uh you can look up previous tides and you can look at previous moon phases and things like that but i want to see it in my language and i want to see it as it relates to a video i made so those are the things i'll be focusing on and it's just you know uh you know not not as much i know this isn't popular right now but not as much live stream fishing um yeah. because live stream fishing although it's awesome and it's a way to get people interacting with you and and even you know as chunky says it's a good way to look, make a little money you know um you know you can't really relax and focus when you're live stream fishing you need to find a spot with fish you need to cast in there and you need to catch fish <laughs> and mm -hmm. entertain a crowd and if you're trying to focus on moving around um, and uh, and finding new spots, you know, that's not really a good medium to use. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now here's a question that I didn't throw at you earlier. Is, is this an opportunity to get more information from other sources namely your father do you think that he has uh untapped river data that you two just hadn't talked about because you hadn't put this emphasis on it because i wasn't interested before basically yeah um yeah. 
I'm 100% certain that dad's fished every inch of that river from the dam all the way down to where we were talking about. Um, you know, I remember a time now I don't remember catching anything, but I remember this one particular day where we were going below some kind of marker to catch rock bat or rockfish, which we called that's what stripers are. Um, so we were going to go catch striped bass. I don't ever remember catching them, but I, I think what I have in my head is where I fish now. Um, is farther down river than I had ever gone as a kid. So, you know, talking to him about that, you know, where were we when you talked about this? Um, if I wanted to catch red drum, you know, where would I go in our river to find them? Where's a good area you remember, you know, when you were fishing it? You know, uh, should I use a Cajun popper? You know, things like that. What bait should I use? You know, that sort of thing. Now, I think somebody made a comment about Justin Johnston using a balloon to catch catfish. And basically, he just took the balloon and used it as a bobber it's to awesome. float a bait. We used to do that with uh, largemouth bass and reds. I do remember that. Basically, you put a big golden shiner under a balloon and you would throw it up next to the reeds in these back creeks. And that shiner would just swim in and around those reeds and those those bass would just shoop, and, and just destroy the shiner and take the balloon under. And so maybe trying a little bit of that, trying to get that on camera. That would be pretty cool. Um, flounder fishing. You know, catching flounder. And I'd love to catch some eater flounder and do a catch and cook on some flounder. Um, again, flounder. All this is all this is pulling away from the cats part of Palmetto Cats. So I'm not sure how much my subscriber base would like it, but I know that I would love it. And if it gets if I love it so much that, you know, maybe I need to think about a change and I'll make a change. But, uh, you know, hopefully everybody will be along with me going on that ride. Because there will be a lot of catfish in there. I mean, like I said, I caught the biggest flathead ever caught down in salt water. You know, so I'm sure that there are tons of catfish down there. Maybe even a new species. Maybe some kind of saltwater catfish I'll find. I don't know. Who knows? Makes me think that I'm living in the wrong place. Nah, I can tell there's, you, you there's are. There's a lot of opportunity there. <laughs> nah, there's a lot of opportunity you, there. There's a lot of opportunity where you are too. I mean, you know, you just gotta the ocean. The ocean in general, Mike, like opens up um, a whole avenue of different types of fishing, and and you know, you got sheephead down here, you know using fiddler crabs on a hook to catch sheephead and they're so hard to catch they come up with their teeth and suck the fiddler cap crab off the hook and if you miss that one bite you miss the whole fish you know it's like it's like you know your rod just goes boop and if you don't set the hook it's done you know you can catch uh 
you know, big stingrays. You ever, if you've never hooked into a big stingray, it's a fight of your life. It'll bend any catfish rod you got in half and maybe break it. <laughs> uh, you know, then you got the sharks, you got, um, big, uh, kingfish off the, off the, the piers you can catch. Uh, there's Mako sharks out there. I've hooked into a Mako shark before. Never got it in, but I hooked onto it. That was the one that got away. Um, but you know, things like that, you know, things that you don't have anywhere else. There's another show topic. The one that got the away. The ones that got away. Yeah. Um, there's something that I've never done fishing, and for whatever reason, I can't stop talking about it. And exactly. I, I'm annoying myself talking about it, although I know at some point I'll have the opportunity. I just haven't had it yet. Mm-hmm. You mentioned current. And mm-hmm. in the river, you mentioned tide affecting the, the the current. Do you think that you may run into the opportunity to bump on the Cooper River? Yeah, that's something I want to try. I, I I don't know why. I look at bumping rods and I'm like, I wonder what's so different about them. And 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 I watch the guys do it, and I I find myself looking for videos. Mm-hmm. Just because the the bite looks kind of subtle, but the next thing you know, the rods are just you know rod tip down, and, and it's right there in their hands. And I'm like, oh, that has to be a feeling like you know nothing I've ever felt because usually my rod is in a rod holder, mm-hmm. or it's in a rod holder on a boat. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't have my hands on it, so I was. So bumping is is very unique because you're using the current um, to your advantage instead of going just going with it. So um, drifting and bumping are similar in that you're traveling downriver using the current as your motivation, your your tool to get downriver, right? The thing about bumping is that you're still fighting the current in order to to walk that bait back. Now, I have recently discovered that some people anchor in one spot and bump back behind the boat. Um, I didn't know that. I thought that they always, you know, spot locked on a, on a spot and current and then figured out and then let it go and figure out how fast they were going. And then they would cut that speed in half. And yeah, basically they would back bottom bounce um, and walk that bait back. But I saw someone and I wish I could remember who it was, but they anchored the boat in current and they took that bait and they, they just bumped it back. They let the current take it back, take it back, take it back until they were almost halfway spooled and they would reel it in. And then try it and they would drop it right back by the boat and then bump it back, bump it back, bump it back, bump it back. So that's that's a new one. I've always been hesitant to bump the traditional way, the box bottom bouncing in the pontoon boat, because it's such a big boat, you know, it's so easy for something to go wrong. And you know, it's 20 feet long, so 
where the trolling motor is up at the front of the boat to where I would be in the back of the boat yeah. is 20 feet. So uh, not that I'm worried about flipping over or anything, just enjoying it and trying not to cause chaos would basically be my, my only thing. But yeah, that sounds like it'd be fun. And, you know, I definitely could try that. Now we've done vertical bumping. Uh, and people were doing it this past weekend in the, in the diversion canal where they just take one rod and they just float with the current and just, they just keep bouncing it off the bottom to bouncing the weight. Um, and they do that. They, I saw one guy catch a fish and it was probably a pound or two, but, uh, you know, they use medium light rods or medium rods, uh, kind of like an ugly stick GX two or lighter. Oh, um, yeah, and so when those when those eater fish hit, man, it's like, whoa, you know, <laughs> so fun to fight them. Mm. So yeah, I think I've never tried that. I've I've bumped down the river like that. But I've never like back bottom bounced or bubbed like you're talking about. Well, we. Uh... We definitely have gone over everything that I had written down on my on my sheet here, mm-hmm. with the exception of the traditional question of whether you mono think you'll be braid. using mono or braid. <laughs> mono or so braid have, on your river, sir. I have <laughs> switched. I have switched to braid. Yeah, but uh, the funny thing is, is I switched to braid for dragging. And now I'm not going to be dragging as much, <laughs> but I'm not wasting the money. I'll be using the the braid until it's worn out. But oh uh, yeah, for sure. But I switched I actually, the braid. I put braid on the big rods with the big catfish bobbers, just to mm-hmm. give it a try. I'm like, well, this stuff's sitting here doing nothing. I might as well give it a try. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, having fished with some braided line on the guided adventures uh i didn't mind it because it was Mm -hmm. thicker i remember when we first started hearing about braided line it was very thin and it would cut my fingers and i'm like Mm -hmm. oh i don't like that i was like the mono might melt some of my skin Mm. but it doesn't like slice right through my you know layers of my skin Mm -hmm. and but the bigger thicker braid I don't have that kind of a feeling with it. So yeah, like, it can oh, still cut you, but but yeah, it's a little better. Um, I guess the only real thing I don't like about braid is that it floats. Um, yeah. So you know, if you if you have any slack in your line, it's gonna float, and basically, it's just an aesthetic thing. It just it looks messy. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I, I got the braid with my bobbers. <laughs> I got the braid basically when I get snagged up because I was using an 80 pound leader line, dragon baits, and my main line was 30 pounds. So when I get snagged up, guess what's going to break? The main line. Yep. And so I was using, time. losing like half a spool of line, littering in the lake, and then also having to re spool almost every trip. So I got the 85-pound braid, which I can still hold more capacity than 30-pound mono. And then I moved down from an 80-pound leader to a 60-pound leader, which is plenty enough. And uh, when I started doing that, 
every time I hung up, I would pop off at the leader or pop off, you know, somewhere on the leader. And sometimes I would get more back than other times. But, you know, I, it's not it's not bad. I mean, I don't really have a, a problem with it. Uh, I do like that it has zero memory. So that's pretty cool. Um, but you have less room for error with Braid, for sure. You know, if you get a knot in something or, you know, it, it gets tangled up, you might as well just cut it out like bubble gum in your hair. You know, <laughs> just cut it out. Because uh, it's going to cause you more pain trying to get it undone than, uh, than it's worth. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to to fishing again. And I, I haven't been fishing um, on the boat in the river in a little while. But, uh, you know, because I went to New Mexico last weekend. And then this weekend I went camping on that trip. Um, and then this weekend we have the monster hunt. And hopefully by the next weekend I'll have my boat back. And uh, I'll be able to go fishing. But we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to start fresh 2022 um january maybe even maybe even before but uh we're gonna get out there on that river you're gonna see some overnight camping trip videos on the boat um some catching cooks things like that i really want to get into that kind of stuff and i've actually made another youtube channel uh called camping with kevin i don't know uh i don't know when that's going to take off but it's something that I, I really enjoyed this camping trip, Mike. I really did. And it's something that I used to do a lot more of. So there may be another channel coming out. I don't know. We'll see. I I think that those camping channels are very, very popular. Mm -hmm. You have some great examples out there. And I'll be honest, too. I used to watch quite a few of them. So that way I would get new ideas for my tailgating food <laughs> there you at, go. at the Iowa Hawkeye football games. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I got to do something different. I was like, what's going on? What can I do here? And, mm -hmm. and let's face it, it was pretty easy for me when, when Luke Nichols is doing uh, catfish and carp. And then next thing you know, he's like, he's like, hey, here's some things you can make while camping. And we take a, an annual Murillo fishing trip which means we rent cabins because I, I'm, I'm not a tent guy and I'm not a hammock guy, but uh, <laughs> I'm definitely an air-conditioned cabin renter and right there on the lake, you know. But, hey, there's, there's a fire pit outside. There's mm -hmm. the grill. You got to do some different things every now and then yeah. to get up. And I see you could have come down because Hills Landing had hotel rooms right there on the water, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Right at home, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, man, it's been a blast talking about this tonight, and great job coming up with this topic, man. And uh, it's really helped me think about some things that I need to consider for the coming up year as I focus on the river. And well, it sounds uh, like you've got a lot of things already, already well in motion. You, you definitely got the outline all right there. Uh, tremendous opportunity for some great content and and some great uh, experiences. And no matter what your channel's called, 
you know, <laughs> the journey goes where the journey goes. I mean, yeah. and let's face it, a lot of people are catfishing, and next thing you know, they catch these gigantic, magnificent other species. Sturgeons or something like that. <laughs> Sturgeon, you know, uh, carp, uh mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like you said, you can catch a bull shark for all we know. I mean, mm. I I don't recommend that you lip it and, <laughs> and get the hook out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's just all exciting stuff. Uh, it's gonna be awesome, man. And a new I channel. Can't wait. You had talked yeah. about it. You had talked yeah. about it, and you told me you came up with the name, but I didn't know that you actually had it's made, made it. So. It's made. All right. Uh, I just you know I'm. I'm not going to release a channel without content on it. So absolutely, it absolutely, you get content. But absolutely, uh, everybody, thank you for listening tonight. I hope that you found value from our podcast tonight. If you have any suggestions for future shows, please don't hesitate to e- email us at palmettocats at gmail.com. Uh, come to YouTube where we broadcast these we don't broadcast these we post these videos uh three weeks after they've been live streamed so if you want to see what it was like to to see the taping if you actually want to see it in action uh come on over to youtube and check those videos out. i think we have three or four of those episodes up now it's hard to believe we've been doing this for several weeks but uh but yeah I, as someone in chat saying i look sleepy yeah it's, i've been <laughs> i've been burning a candle at both ends for about two weeks now and i think it's starting to catch up with me <laughs> we're gonna but let I kevin would... get a little rest yeah and then he's oh. then he's chasing monsters yeah and, and when you're at when you're at work when you're at work all day you uh you have a lot of time to think about this and sometimes mike and i'll chat back and forth about these types of things but uh you know, your mind races when when you should be doing something else sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, y'all, thank you for being here. Thank you to the Boom Squad again for, for being here. Um, great crowd tonight. And uh, those of you on the podcast, uh, thank you for your support as well. Make sure you share it out. Let other people know about it. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to say a prayer and we're going to get out of here. Heavenly Father, thank you again for another awesome podcast, Lord. Uh, I thank you for Michael and and all he brings to to this team, Lord, and and his expertise and and Lord, just his candor and and the way he thinks about his questions, Lord. I just appreciate him. And I thank you for bringing him into my life, and I thank you for this Boom Squad, and I thank you for all the people listening, Lord, that they would uh. Continue to listen and, and be there to support the channel and the podcast. And give you all the praises for all things. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Until next time, happy fishing.